This is Home Dunk. I'm John Moe. Home Dunk is part of the Infinite Guest Podcast Network. Many more podcasts can be found at infiniteguest.org. But for now, listen to this one. I hit a home dunk. I wish that you had shown up. I played over my head. Everything was off the charts. I jumped out the gymnasium and knocked it out the park. I hit a handstand. I hit a grand slam. It was a great day for the fans. Man, I got three sacks and broke three bats. I gave the crowd money plus free snacks. I did a hat trick and a backflip. It's on ESPN Classic. And you weren't there. And it hurt me to watch them retire my jersey. I hit a home dunk. Welcome, Dunkaroos. Welcome, Dunkers. Welcome, Duncan. Don't I don't know what to call you guys. Let me know if you can think of something to call you. This is Home Dunk. I'm John Moe, and uh, this is a this is a hard week to be a sports fan. That's understatement. This is just a hard week to be a person. This is a hard time we're going through if we follow sports and put our hearts and minds and feelings into something uh, like the NFL um, and expect that to be okay. <laughs> um, I don't know if we expect it to be okay anymore. Uh, we've maybe been been burned too many times to really expect that. But uh, anyway, I'm coming to you from St. Paul, Minnesota. So guess what's been on our minds around here? Adrian Peterson, along with, I think, a lot of the rest of the country. Um, let me tell you about me and Minnesota. <clears throat> this summer, I went to a tattoo parlor and got a outline of the state of Minnesota tattooed onto my arm because I love it here. I love Minnesota. I love everything Minnesota has been to me. Uh, I moved here about six and a half years ago. Um, I had never lived here before, but... Uh, it's been transformational in every way. It's been uh, a rediscovery of not only who I am, but who I could be. Um, and I'm just, I'm a naturalized Minnesotan. I suspect I was Minnesotan all along, but just uh, living somewhere else. Um, so I got the tattoo um, because it was significant to me and because it was just a fun thing to do to, to freak out my kids. So I got this tattoo, um, but my connection with the state of Minnesota goes back way, way further. I might have talked about this on the show before, but uh, uh, I grew up a Seahawks fan because I grew up in the Seattle area. But I remember before there were Seahawks. I remember before 76 or 77, right around that era, um, I was pretty young. I was born in 1968, but I remember football before the Seahawks because my parents loved football. Um, my parents are Norwegian immigrants. They didn't know what to make of football when they moved here. They had never heard of such a thing, and uh, they just got hooked. They just thought it was the coolest thing they have ever seen. And uh, having no team in Seattle, they selected the Minnesota Vikings as the team to root for. Um, it was not all that far away from Washington, and they were Norwegian. And so the idea of rooting for the Vikings 
uh, seemed to make sense to them. And so they were my parents' team, so they became my team too. This was like the Fran Tarkenton, Chuck Foreman, Jim Marshall, Alan Page uh, era Vikings. The go to the Super Bowl over and over, but never win the Super Bowl Vikings. And uh, I'm, I'm sure that taught me a lot about character, uh, seeing that team uh, fail every time. Uh, or almost succeed and then and then not quite get there. But uh, it was the Vikings. I mean, Seattle then got the, the Mariners uh, right around that same time. Um, but the Vikings were really my first team that I associated with uh, feeling passionate about. And they got supplanted by the Seahawks. I, I you know, I can't lie to you. Um, but the Vikings have always been kind of my second team. And even now, I mean, you can't change you can't change who your team is ultimately. Let's be real about that, sports fans. Dunkaroos, but uh but the Vikings are have been my second team, especially since I moved here. I always want I've always wanted them to win, uh, except if they're playing the Seahawks. Notice I changed uh the the present tense to the past tense there. I went from I've all I always want to I've always wanted past tense because the Vikings just gross me out and I have renounced them. Uh, I've renounced them over the handling of the Adrian Peterson situation. I renounce their ownership, uh, the the Wilf group that owns them for uh, for knowing about this. Uh, you know this this was an investigation before uh before this whole thing went down last friday um i believe they knew about it uh before it happened and uh, and nothing nothing was done then they deactivated him then they reactivated him and now he's on this uh commissioner's exempt double secret list or something um it's it's been handled horribly here and it's been played out like like it was uh, not in the interest of football, despite uh, the, the the Vikings' anemic performance against New England last weekend. Um, so I, I renounced it, and uh, I, I don't know when I'll come back to the Vikings. Uh, I may come back to the Vikings one day. It's hard to imagine uh, rooting for a team with those owners who do those things and seem to think that that's the way things ought to be done. I told a friend of mine, uh, yeah, I think I'll just locally, I'll be a Packers fan for now. And she told me there is no for now when you're a Packers fan. And I said, oh yeah, that's, that's fair enough. It's like dabbling in Scientology. It's just not something you approach casually. Um, but the Adrian Peterson situation uh, is a situation where a running back for the team, a professional athlete, attacked his child, attacked his four-year-old child, assaulted his child. Um, I will not describe what he did as disciplining because it was abuse. It was just abuse. Um, and many people have ticked down the reasons why it's it's not discipline. Lacerations uh, on the the legs and uh, buttocks and scrotum, defensive uh, posture of the hands from the child. The uh, you know the the welts and wounds left a week afterwards when those pictures were taken that got circulated, and uh, it it's abuse. Let's let's not 
call it discipline gone wrong. When Adrian Peterson issues a statement saying, I know one thing, that I'm not a child abuser, well, then you don't know any things, Adrian Peterson, because you are. And that's what it is. Um, and so, and the whole, I, I, <laughs> I tweeted the other day that I, I, I would pay good money to stop thinking about this Adrian Peterson case. Uh, it's dominated my Twitter. I'm sure all the... Twitter followers I have, like in Europe, who just want jokes about song lyrics or something, are, are starting to drop me like flies. But I can't stop thinking about a four-year-old boy, a four-year-old boy. I don't know when the last time is you've hung out with a four-year-old. Four-year-olds are about the greatest people on earth because everything is perfect with a four-year-old. They're ambulatory. They're conversant. Uh, but they are guileless. They aren't up to anything. They are living in the moment. They are a beautiful presence in the world. Um, and for for Adrian Peterson to do that to a four year old boy is uh, unconscionable. And I I don't you know what I don't even need to say this. I, I I'm going to stop saying what he did is wrong because if. You don't already know that and feel that passionately, then you and I have nothing to talk about. And I think we do have something to talk about. So um, the latest then with, with Peterson being on this list, on, on uh, this suspended list, whatever they call it, he's going to get paid, but he's not going to play games for a while. I personally don't think he'll play football games again, but what do I know? Um, because he's a running back approaching 30 and that's when they fall off the cliff and aren't productive and get put out to pasture. Um, so he's put on this thing after various uh, oscillations of uh, how he's going to be in regard to the Minnesota Vikings. Um, but what started to happen late on Tuesday uh, was more and more uh, sponsorship dollars were dropping away. Um more and more, like Anheuser Busch was was grumbling about not being happy with the NFL, and Nike stores were pulling all Adrian Peterson jerseys from their from their retail stores. I noticed on their website they still had it up, but it was right next to a Christian Ponder jersey. So maybe the Nike online folks are not tremendously up to date anyway, or maybe they just have stock that they need to clear. I don't know. Um, so the sponsors started making noise, and that's what led to this. Follow the money. You'll find the story. That's Journalism 101 and Common Sense uh, 102, I would think. Um, so the sponsors started doing this. But let's let's not uh, sell ourselves short here either. It was society that spurred the sponsors to do this. Anheuser-Busch uh, didn't just... Uh, wake up and say, well, you know, here's how we feel morally about this as a corporation. That's not what corporations are. And I'm not one of these people who attacks all corporations as being evil. It's just, it is what it is. It's it's a group of many, many people engaged in a business enterprise. So one cannot, uh, one cannot fairly expect human empathy from that kind of entity. It's just not what it is. But there are people there uh, who make decisions. And there are people at the Radisson Hotel uh, chain who had their logo 
as a backdrop for all uh, Minnesota Vikings press conferences. And as soon as the one reinstating Peterson was held, they pulled their sponsorship of the Vikings. Uh, they they know what optics are. They don't want to be associated with that. And that's people within that organization, I have no doubt, being humanly disgusted about what was going on. But it's social media. It's phone calls. It's uh, society. It's people deciding that this just isn't okay anymore. This won't do. Uh, and we are going to put up with less of this. So the Vikings and the NFL and the Ray Rice and the Ravens and the Ray Rice situation before that thought that we would put up with something. And it was less than we were willing to put up with. Two games for clobbering your girlfriend into unconsciousness uh, is not okay. And and the NFL reversed course, not because they thought about it. So much. This was the greatest thing. The Vikings, who issued this press release overnight, uh, said, you know, we've thought about it more. No, you haven't thought about it more. You haven't thought about it more. You just got told by... <laughs> by all these factors uh, that, that this isn't okay anymore. Um, so they, they put out this thing that they've thought about it more. It's, it's people putting up with less. And I think that might be the silver lining in this whole thing is history moves towards progress. I've, I've heard a lot of sports radio hosts say this, you know, it, it might've been tradition and cultural to whip your children but it was traditional and cultural to have segregation and slavery and deny a lot of people the right to vote in their own country. And that's just that won't do just saying this is this is cultural. And we as football media consumers or a world or a society had said enough, as I said, this isn't enough. We uh you know, we're not going to put up with this from Adrian Peterson and, and Ray Rice or Hardy or McDonald or some of these other people that, that there are uh, a lot of issues with in the NFL. Um, so that sort of makes me feel good. It's like, you know, if you if you believe that uh, if you believe in reality that this was an assault that took place, then a reality based mind will not say, yeah, you know, just let him let him play and let him, uh, you know, work this other stuff out later. We we're putting up with less. Let's be clear, though. We put up with plenty. <laughs> we put up with the National Football League, which uh, one in three players, the league admits, uh, will have cognitive problems after they retire. That's what we put up with. We put up with uh, 56 different uh, cases of domestic violence while Roger Goodell has been commissioner of the NFL. 56 of them uh, from September 2006 to the present, which isn't a very long time. So we've been putting up with it. Um, it took video. It took the idea of this being a four-year-old child getting getting clobbered by a star athlete uh, who is treated differently than other athletes. That's uh, that's what it took. But we put up with plenty. And we put up with plenty all over society. I ate part of a pig this morning. I, I had some sausage, uh, a pig that I had no quarrel with, that died and I ate it, that died so I could eat it and other people could eat it. That's not good. 
ultimately, we know that's not good. Um, I drove my car into work and consumed fossil fuels and spat toxins into the air from my car. That's bad. I shouldn't do that. Um, but I did. And so we're, we're putting up with something all the time. We're putting up with the evils that we commit. We're putting up with the evils that we enable in something like the NFL. But we're this week and the reaction to the NFL lately has taught us we're putting up with it less. You know, we're unhappy about it. Sponsor people at the corporate sponsors are unhappy with it. People watching the bottom lines of those corporations are unhappy with it. And people watching the bottom lines of uh, NFL teams are unhappy with it because they know what this is going to do. We're moving towards something better. We put up with plenty, but we're not putting up with this. I don't know what we're going to stop putting up with next. I don't know. I've, I said on last week's show, you know, what what are we getting fooled by? Like, what is it that's going on now that uh, in 30 years people will say, how how did you put up with that? How how is that okay? I don't know what it's going to be. I mean, I'm I'm sure I'm a monster in all sorts of ways. Certainly to the pig that I ate. Sorry, pig. Um, but there's I, I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go in the future. That's what I keep thinking about. You know what? Really, sports talk needs is an agonized public radio host because I really think that's what it's missing. One more thought. Uh, and then we're going we're gonna to talk to Luke Burbank, uh, who's a good friend of mine, a sports fan. We're going to agonize. And uh, we're going to talk to Matthew Baldwin about some board games that you might want to play if uh, you're disgusted with the NFL on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, we need an owner's referendum. Here's what I think. If any team takes any public money for a stadium, for tax breaks, for any of the things that they rely on public money for, if they are going to be a semi-public institution, if they're going to market themselves as part of a community, as every team does, uh, through all those United Way and NFL Cares and uh, you know all these charitable things, if that is how they're going to position themselves as part of a public trust, then we need to be able to get rid of horrible owners like the Wilfs in Minnesota, like Jerry Jones in Dallas. Here's, here's my plan. You buy a team Nothing happens for five years. You, you own the team. You run the team. After year five, the public gets to vote on whether to toss you out. Most owners will be fine. Most teams will say, I don't even know who the owner is. Everything's going fine. They're spending money. The problem is the coach or the players or whatever. But there are, there are people on these teams you can't get rid of. It's like the Supreme Court. Uh, and there needs to be a way that... Minnesota Vikings fans can realize there is a horrible part of this team and we can get rid of it because it is partially our team. It should be an exception. The the owner's uh, referendum to toss the bums out, but it should be an option available to us. Oh, it will never happen. I am dreaming of fancy thoughts that will never occur in reality, but uh, but I think it should. Anyway, I hope you're doing okay this week. Dunkaroos. Go with Dunkaroos. And uh, yeah, all right. Happy football. Let's get on with the show. I hit a home dunk. 
So we're talking today to Luke Burbank. He's the host of Too Beautiful to Live, which is a wonderful podcast. He's the host of Livewire, which is a wonderful radio show and podcast. Hello, Luke. John, I am so honored to be on Slam Run. (laughs) Slam Run, goal, dunk, knockout. Um, now you are you're in Seattle, uh, where we work together and where we were pals. Uh, not that we're not still pals, and you are on an actual ferry boat right now. I am. I'm living the Seattle dream, which is actually I am. It's a sunny, beautiful day in September. Yeah. Uh, and which is the most reliably dry time in in the city of Seattle. And I'm on a ferry boat and I'm cruising across um, Elliott Bay. And so if nice. we if we lose contact for a moment, it's just that I've decided to swim with the orca out here as as, as part of the culture. Are you wearing a North Face jacket? I am, actually. Nice. I'm full North Face, head to toe. So, Excellent. North um, Face everything. But, and, and I have North Face socks on with my Tevas. So that's the one exception is the shoes. Now, Luke, I ran into you uh, last week, and we hadn't seen each other in a while, and it got me to thinking after after I came back here to Minnesota, like I remember talking to you a lot about sports back when we – when we work together and you know, we love the Seahawks and all that. And uh, as, as we tape this interview, I've been reading far too much about Adrian Peterson and mm-hmm. with that. And after the Ray Rice situation, you know, it's, I, I think I'm around a lot of grossness. And mm-hmm. so it just, the whole thing feels gross from Roger Goodell, the whole, the whole structure of the NFL. There was this report. I don't know if you saw it, that, the NFL quietly announced one in three former players has some form of cognitive damage after their playing yeah. career is over. And so I just, but I, and I'm such a hypocrite because I, I will watch football again. I will watch it this coming weekend. And, uh, yeah. and I, I wonder if that's harder here at Adrian Peterson ground zero than it is say in Seattle where things are going relatively well. I think it's hard out here for thinking fans because I was doing a little thought experiment the other day, and I was just thinking, what if you substituted modern country, the words modern country music uh-huh. for NFL football, uh-huh. and then you went through a list of things that happened to cities because of modern country music, like, <laughs> oh, they make you buy them a place to work and make money. Right. Uh, oh, sometimes their players are committing domestic violence and abusing children, but they get off the hook because they're great at modern country music like (laughs) if this were if all of this surrounded something that i didn't instinctively like i would never stand for it yeah you know you emailed me before we were going to chat and and you sort of laid out the the essential question you wanted to ask and i thought i should come up with a really good and a cogent (laughs) answer and i just don't have one because i i mean frankly i feel that my i think the nfl does a lot of things that are not great for the actual players yeah um for the cities who are held hostage to build these facilities, for the people who come into contact with various elements of the NFL. Um, and yet, I, like you, I just love watching this competition on the field so much right. that I just continue to uh, avert my gaze from the bad stuff and, and kind of enjoy the, the stuff that I find exciting, and I don't have any excuse for it. I don't have a leg to stand on other yeah. than, but I like it. Well, I mean, there is the argument that uh, the rate of arrest and incarceration for NFL players is lower than the general population, however you want to slice the demographics. Uh, but 
then there's the whole concept of the NFL itself that I that I come back to that, uh, you know, it, it's it is it systemic or is it a case by case basis? Well, I think that's a good thing to point out because the the fact that even though it feels like the NFL is full of these just absolute miscreants. The truth of the matter is, and I'm, I'm, you know, in your capacity as a radio person, John, you've probably talked to some NFL players. I've certainly interviewed sure. my fair share and been around a lot of these guys. And if you ever watch, I don't know if we can, like, if the judge will allow me to admit this into evidence, but, like, if you ever watch <laughs> HBO Hard Knocks. Oh, yes. It's like these guys are, a lot of them are actually pretty okay dudes. Yeah. And I don't think it's that it's this league of thugs. And so I'm glad you pointed that out because, you know, I don't think it's that they're just these Vikings. I don't mean. I should, excuse me. I'll pick another, another, <laughs> another slur because right. this is a Minnesota-based program. They're they're not these you know Hessians. These Visigoths. <laughs> Huns. Are Visigoths? Are Visig- yeah, Huns. Yeah. We're allowed to say Huns, right? Is that the you one? You can last, say Huns on a podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's on a yeah. podcast. It's fine. Oh, good. Okay. I'm not saying that there's like a bunch of Huns who are out for you know death and destruction, but I, and so in other words, I guess what I'm trying to say is there's so much attention paid to these people yeah. that it starts to feel all of a sudden like they're every one of them is a is a domestic violence perpetrator and every one of them is a criminal in some way, and that's really not the case. That's important to remember. Right. Uh, that being said, um, I have a way that I'm justifying my fandom, and I'm on two count them two fantasy football teams. Uh, so it's not even just a matter of, like, I like to watch my, my team play. I will watch the Tampa Bay Bucks play the Jacksonville Jaguars because I have a, re- a second-string receiver on the Bucks. Like, <laughs> right. And I will watch this game as if my life depended on it. I am heavily invested in this thing, the NFL. But the, 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 the justification I give myself is things change and leagues evolve. I think the NFL will evolve. I think they're already going to take a much harder line on domestic violence, even if not for good reasons, even if it's not because they just know that they should, but rather because the pushback is so hard. Right. Um, you think about Major League Baseball did not allow African-American players, and then Jackie Robinson came along, and things changed. And that is something that's obviously you know now the case in Major League Baseball. So my hope is that we can, John, you and I, and all the other fans can create change sort of from within. Sure. But Maybe that's just a convenient reason for me to be allowed to still love football the way I do. Well, you know, and also it is amazing. Like watching <laughs> yeah. watching somebody throw a ball that far and somebody else just catch it neatly and flip around is an amazing thing to watch. And and I, I don't know that I'll ever shake how amazed I am at that. Not that I watch professional gymnastics or not that there is professional gymnastics. But there, there is something about the physical marvel of it that's just undeniable. Yeah, and um, I, I don't also know what – I'm about to make an argument that would have like made it so that the civil rights movement wasn't possible, so <laughs> bear with me. Okay. This is, no, I, I don't know what me not watching football really changes. Right, right. You know, although, of course, in social movements or whatever you're talking about – it, it's a lot of individual people making a decision, so maybe I'm also just trying to let myself off the hook. But it's sort of like, yeah, if I, okay, so I don't watch the Seahawks this season. I don't think that, that that's going to make a huge impact on what the NFL does or doesn't do. Well, I remember I have three kids, and when we were thinking about kid number three, we're like, we're making more people here 
than than we are. And so like, okay, but such and such friend will never have kids. So they're we're we're having one of their kids for them and that makes it okay. <laughs> so we just have have to get non football fans to commit to not watching football, something they're already doing and uh, and then we're completely exonerated. That's so genius. That's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to find all of the people in Seattle, and there still are a few, uh, who, who, you know, are it's their thing, right? Like their party trick right. is to be the person who doesn't watch football now. They're the you know, I don't like even own a TV of football fans. That's right. That's the, yeah, That's and that's I don't watch football is now the I don't own a TV of Seattle in 2014. <laughs> Luke Burbank is the host of so many things, Too Beautiful to Live and Livewire. Livewire is a show that is similar to Wits, but I want everyone to know that you and I are friends and wish each other well. As far as you know. Ah. You're now the host of so many things, John, because you're doing Home Dunk as well, which everyone I have told Home Dunk to, uh, the name has erupted into laughter. It's already <laughs> agreed upon as the best name ever of a public radio sports podcast. I, you know, I looked into sports ball, but there was already a podcast called sports ball. So had to Oh man, home dunk. dunk is so great. So I'm really excited <laughs> to, to, to hear your, uh, hear your journey as a, as a, a public radio voice in the wilderness who cares about uh, the sports. We need more people talking about sports <laughs> in America, Luke. There's just not nearly enough. Yeah. That's right. Hey, um, by the way, uh, I'll, I'll see you on the Bud Light hot seat later. <laughs> yes. when, you guys, when are you guys getting that set up on the show? I, I think it's public radio, so it'll be like a Pinot Noir warm Herman yeah. Moore Aeron chair. <laughs> now available in true black. True black. Sit for less. Luke, see you later. All right. Thanks, John. So a lot of people I know are totally grossed out with football right now with everything going on with Adrian Peterson and Ray Rice and the guy on the Panthers and the guy on the 49ers and Roger Goodell being absent. You know, he has a Soviet leader style cold. You know, he's just unheard from. So a lot of people I know are walking away from it, at least for a while, not going to watch football anymore or say they're not going to watch football anymore. And then watch football. But maybe they're not really watching football. And they need something to do on a Sunday afternoon because, God forbid, they should go outside or spend time with loved ones. Uh, so I was thinking, what would they be doing? And the obvious answer is board games. So uh, talking to Matthew Baldwin, he is a a writer, a blogger, and he knows more about board games than any human I've ever met. Hello, Matthew Baldwin. Hey, John. How's it going? Doing very well. I got to tell you, I, I understood about two of those sports references in your because uh, you've been playing a lot of board games instead of watching sports. Yes, that's that's exactly what's been happening. <laughs> so, if someone is looking to fill their Sunday with something other than uh, actual human beings being concussed, um, you have some sports-themed games to tell us about. I do. Well, so you could play a football game. Uh, which will have all sort of the the wonders of the football games you enjoy, except for the concussing. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the one that I uh, particularly enjoy, uh, there's been many football games uh, that have come out over the years, and they always sort of struggle 
with either trying to include everything that could possibly happen in a real football game, in which case you get like a 64-page rule book, yeah. or they try to simplify things so uh, it doesn't really even feel like you're playing football at all. Uh, one that came out a few years ago called First and Goal, I think does a really good job of sort of splitting the difference between the two. Uh, the game board is, is just a, it's a football field with a, a football on it to show where you are. And uh, the, one player is the offense and has an offense deck. The other player is the defense and has a defense deck. Uh, each player chooses a play from their hand, and there's a whole host of plays. You can Pretty much anything you can conceive of in an actual football game you can do here. You can do running plays. You can do passing plays. The defense chooses a defense they think will uh, be the effective. And then based on the cards that uh, each one has played, uh, you roll dice. And the dice will determine how far down the field that you advance. Uh, or in the case of a sack or a fumble, uh, you know how much uh, yardage you lose on the play. So, uh, and you're not a, a hardcore football fan, but you you know about football. Will somebody who doesn't know the the rules of football already be able to enjoy this? So, like, can a sports fan play with a non-sports fan? Well, absolutely. One nice thing about if you know the rules of football, uh, the, the rule book itself looks a little uh, daunting, but if you know football itself, for example, there's a, there's a section on the Hail Mary play. Ah. Uh, you already know that that's going to be something that's very unlikely to succeed, but, it's, right. but if it does... High risk, know, high reward. Yeah. High reward. Uh, but the central game of just looking at your hand, deciding what to play, putting it down, and then rolling dice, I mean, I think that's something that's sort of familiar to anybody. Uh, and, uh, and the nice thing about it is just by virtue of playing it, you can you can go to your cocktail party and speak knowledgeable about uh, football plays, even if you've never actually watched a game yourself. And there's probably a pretty small chance that any of your cards will run away from your deck and commit horrible assaults. Yeah, that's only happened once. Okay, uh, there was some paper, the paper cut incident. Uh, <laughs> we, we swept it under the rug. So now, if people want to walk, so, so that's first and goal. That's a board game, and we're going to have links to all these up at infiniteguest.org. Uh, if people want to get even further away from uh, football, uh, you, you say that there's a pretty good auto racing board game. Auto racing, it's called Formula D, uh, D like the letter D. Uh-huh. Uh, and, you know, the simplest games are just you roll your dice, you move your, person, you move your marker on the track, pass the die to the next person, they move. Uh, and, you know, these are the games we all played when we were young, like, uh, you know, uh, shoots and ladders of that sort. So this game is exactly that. You roll your die, you move your, your car on this track, and then you pass your turn to the next person. Uh, but what makes it interesting is that there's not a single die in the game. There's six different dies, one for every gear of your car. So you start in first gear. The first gear die only has a one or a two on it. Uh, on your turn, you can shift up. When you shift up, you get a bigger die, which has a wider range of numbers on it, which means you can go fast. Uh, or you can shift down up to four gears uh, at the start of your turn. Well, you know, why are you going to want to shift down in an auto racing game? And the reason why is because the, the board has sharp turns on it. There's other players on the board. There's other cars. You may need to downshift to get through a turn without uh, crashing or without blowing out your tires. Uh, there's various things in your car, such as the engine, the gearbox, the tires, uh, and if you go too fast or if you collide with other cars, they'll get worn down, and if any of them get to zero, your car is out of the game. So it feels like a, a, like the traditional race game, but there's also sort of a resource management component as well. Formula D. It's, it's like auto racing except without the cars or speed. 
That's right. <laughs> For those, all the extraneous stuff. Is all the extraneous away. stuff is, is stripped out. Uh, and then finally, if the idea of, of sports as we know them is even too uh, nauseating for you to carry on, you've got a, is this right, a mountain climbing board game to recommend? It's a competitive mountain climbing board game <laughs> uh, called K2. I'm working this one into your segment, John, because I yeah. like this one. Uh, the Shoehorned. best of three. Yeah, right. Uh, this is also a race game of sorts. Uh, you you control two climbers. Uh, every every player controls two climbers, trying to get to the top of K2, which is reserved, referred to in the real world as the Savage Mountain. Uh, and there are various paths that you can use to get up the, uh, the mountain. But unlike Formula D, your goal is not to race up the mountain as fast as possible. In fact, doing so is, is sort of a recipe for catastrophe in this game sure. because your climbers have to acclimate. Uh, if they go up the mountain too fast, uh, the weather or the lack of oxygen could knock them down. Uh, the various climbers have what are referred to as acclimation levels, and if your acclimation level at any point in the game goes below one, he pitches to the side uh, of the path and drops dead on the side of the mountain. Oh, no. <laughs> so the goal of the game is not so much to get to the top of the mountain first, but just to get higher than anybody else. And uh, the various ways you can do that is there's only a certain number of people that can be on any one path. So if you get there ahead of somebody else, you can block the path. Uh, but then again, that runs the own risk. If you're the one in the lead, you may be the one that suffers the, the weather effects. K2. Now, I know very little about mountain climbing, but I think there's something about uh, roping up to one another in order to stay safe altogether. This doesn't sound like that kind of game. This is, uh, you have your two climbers, and you want to keep them alive, and you're not so concerned with everybody right. else. Okay. <laughs> are there Yeti? I hope there are Yeti. I don't, I don't know if there's like a Yeti expansion. That seems like something I should probably get on. Yeah. You could at least take some action figures out there and put them on the board while you play. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My, uh, my Wampa from my Star Wars action There you go. Collection. Put out a Wampa. Matthew Baldwin, uh, we'll check in with you again uh, whenever whenever uh, actual traditional sports get uh, too repulsive and find out what else All right. we can play. Well, next week then, I'm, I've got a, <laughs> I'm available. All right. Matthew Baldwin, thanks. Thank you. Well, Scotland has a referendum vote on independence scheduled for Thursday of this week. This podcast is coming out on a Wednesday. I don't know how the vote will go. I don't understand anything about it. But I figure in that spirit, I'd offer an update on some upcoming matches from the Scottish Championship League, which is apparently the second tier of Scottish pro soccer, or as they call it in Europe, curling. Um, Cowden Beath takes on Hearts of Midlothian, and I don't care what they say. I think Jimmy Nickel is going to have his Cowden Beath players ready to go. You got Robbie Thompson in goal. Daniel Jurisic from Slovenia is at striker this year. But Hearts has Morgaro Gomez and Prince Buaben plus Alim Ozturk, and they have to be considered the favorites. Also, Falkirk takes on Duberton. Queen of South takes on her Hibernian. And uh, also Dumbledore will fight Gandalf and Frodo will go against Voldemort. This is Home Dunk, part of the Infinite Guest Podcast Network. You can find so many more podcasts at infiniteguest.org. I'm John Moe. Bye now. <laughs>